Amen. Thankful for our children and our young people. Amen. You know, if you didn't have a mother, you wouldn't be here. And that's just science. <laughs> but I'm thankful, thankful for that. Um, I asked my wife to share some things with you, whatever the Lord would give her today. And she said, okay. And then she said, no. And then she said, okay. And <laughs> I said, well, I'm just going to let you go up there. And how about that? You just, you say hello or you say whatever you want to say uh, that the Lord gives you. I, I know that the Lord speaks to her and I'm thankful for that. Um, if, you, if you're a mother, would just raise your hand real quick because I'm going to tell you why I say that because I know the Lord speaks to all of you differently than he speaks to me or any any father or husband or man, because there is this such thing as what we, you've probably heard it called mother's intuition, and that's a real thing. I believe that's a gift from God, that he's, that he's allowed mothers to have this sense. He, 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 he gives gifts, and that's one of them. It's a real thing, and it's great, but you know what's even greater than mother's intuition? The Holy Ghost. Amen. I don't mean that to be offensive to any of our mothers today. But the Holy Ghost is the greatest thing in the world. The Spirit of God. But when you combine those two things, a mother's intuition combined with the Holy Ghost, then I'll tell you what, just limitless things can happen. I remember when I was less than 10 years old, every now and then we would go and visit uh, the town that my mom's mom lived in, Hohenwald, Tennessee. And uh, I guarantee you, I promise you, if we were there over a weekend, we were going to church on Sunday and I'll tell you why. Because Granny went to church. And you, mm, if you want to see bad things, just don't go to church with Granny when Granny goes to church. <laughs> I'm telling you what. I, I'm, I'm kind of joking about this, but I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I remember it, 7 years old, 10 years old, 12 years old, less than that even. I saw my cousins who acted like they didn't know who Jesus was. Every other day of the week, I saw them sit up straight. I saw them look the preacher in the eye. I heard them sing. I saw them clap their hands. I thought, you're all just doing this because Granny's here. <laughs> uh, that was, my, that was my, my child interpretation but now I look back and I see what, a, what influence a mother combined with the Holy Ghost the gift of the Holy Ghost can do 
Amen. And I appreciate that when I see that in, in the ladies in our congregation as well, including my wife. Uh, she has this gift, and it's not only for our children. Uh, it's, I, I've, I've known her a long time, and it operates. The gift that God's given her, where she'll just ask me sometimes, out of the blue, I'm not thinking about anything or anyone, and she'll say, do you think so-and-so is upset about something? And it could, be, it could be any one of you. It could be anybody else. It, I'm, I don't know. They look fine to me. I shook their hand, said hi, and I, you did too. I don't, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I don't know. I just think something. I, I feel like something might be going on there. I've learned that's a gift. That's a gift from God. I appreciate that about her. Amen. Sister Flowers, God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. So yes, I told him no. <clears throat> about a month ago, I thought I had some, I, that the Lord was talking to me about something, and I thought, oh, you know, maybe I'll talk about that on Mother's Day. And... Um, then I just like lost it. It just fell out of my brain, fell out of my spirit. <laughs> and then like a week, and then a week ago, I was thinking, I'm going to tell him just in case he wants me to say something. I, I don't have anything. So I just, I'd rather not. Um, and so then he said something. And I was like, you know, honestly, I had something, but it's not there. And he's like, so? And I was like, he was like, I don't have something. Like, it'll come. So I still was like, then last night, I was like, no, really, I'm not. And um, please don't do that to me. <laughs> and then this morning, I felt the Lord kind of give me a little bit of direction. And I'm going to be honest, and I don't encourage this. I was just, you know, I have five kids. I have to get ready. I have to get out the door. About 60 seconds of preparation went into this. So I want to stumble. But I just, you know, when I grew up, Mother's Day, and I'm not mocking this in any way or discouraging it, and I'm not, you know, not honoring our mothers or our mothers gone by. Um, when I was a child in church, it feels like Mother's Day was a little more, it was, it was a little geared towards sad st stories about mothers. So we would line up and say something about our mom, and people would always cry through it, and other people cry, and I remember one year, my mom was like, oh, we are not doing that anymore, and one year, she was like, I'm telling my mom now, okay, I hope, am I streaming right now? Okay, I hope so, um, I'm telling my mom, one year, she's like, we're gonna have the mothers say something about their children, so me and Kaylee were like on instruments, and we were thinking as she kept kind of like taking the mic from people, and then passing it to somebody else, and we were like, are you going to say something about your children who are playing the music right now? <laughs> she never did. She never did. So I kind of gave her a cold start on a song. <laughs> and she tried to even tell me, <clears throat> no, E flat. And I was like, oh, I am E flat, just not the inversion of E flat that you want. The version. Inversion? Inversion. Um, so, yes, that's what it was about. Well, 
in my season, I have felt directed more towards empowering mothers. Because more than anything today, we need mothers who mother, working or not. It's not about not working. Um, we're, it's, I mean, you've got double on your plate. I mean, I, oh, well, honestly, I could debate that all day. You know, you've got double on your plate if you work and you have kids. You've also got double on your plate if you're at home with your kids all day. Because that house is not staying clean. It's a constant. It's a lot of meals. It's like, um, I think I remember seeing this meme during COVID, like, nobody told me when your kids are home, you have to lock the fridge. I mean, like, homeschoolers, that's where all your money goes, is food. It's, I've, there's times I've sent my kids to school and thought, we're going to save money on food because they're not going to be here all day. Anyways, so yes, I feel direction, encouraging mothers. I've, my, both my husband and I felt a passion for families and marrying. And so this morning I was thinking about the Proverbs 31 woman, and I know that feels a little cliche. I've never once in my life got up and read it, so I promise you I wasn't just like, oh, Mother's Day, Proverbs 31. Um, and a couple times as I'm doing my hair this morning, I step out, my husband's ironing or something, steaming. If you don't know, he's very serious about no wrinkles. And I step out of the bathroom, and I was like, hey, when you were growing up, um, uh, what did your parents tell you, or do you remember what you said? And um, I stepped out this morning, and I was like, hey, um, what was it? You know, I knew what I was wanting him to say. Just, you know how it is with your husband. You know what he's supposed to say. And then you ask him, and he's like, I don't know. He may have said it ten times in his life. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm like, hey, when, before we got married, now understand, when we got engaged, you were 18. He was 18, and I was 19. And I said, uh, what was it that you told your parents? And they asked you, you talked to your parents uh, about getting married. And by the way, when he did talk to them, they did smile. They were for marriage. His brother married at 18 or 19, and they as well. And they asked him, you know, so why, why do you want to marry her? And what I appreciate is he said, because she's maternal, this is an 18-year-old boy, she's maternal, and she loves children, she cares about people, and I think she'll be a good mom. Now, I'm not thinking about myself in this conversation, in this exchange, I'm thinking, good on these parents for raising a boy who knew what he wanted at 18 who knew what mattered, not because she's pretty, not because she's a pastor's daughter, not because she lives in Washington, which I sometimes tease him about that maybe he did marry me because I lived in Washington and he lived in Tennessee and he moved. <laughs> um, but this, these were the words from an 18-year-old. And, you know, I, to this day, uh, my son is 13, and I tell him all the time, you better ask the girl you want to marry, you better make sure. You better make sure she cleans. You better make sure her mother cleans. I said it to him the other day. <laughs> I was like, you know, because honestly, you know, these girls, you know, they're growing up in my house, but your wife is going to grow up in her house. So you might want to make sure 
that, you know, because Callum's like, oh, yeah, like we're talking. And Callum is like, I can't even go to sleep if my room is a mess. I can't even wake up in my room if it's a mess. I can't do my schoolwork in my room if it's a mess. So I'm like, you better make sure. Um, now, I do know that all that's probably going to go out the window. When they meet a pretty girl, it's all going to go out the window, everything they've been taught. <laughs> uh, a pretty clean girl. Um, but, and I was telling a mother yesterday, you know, sometimes our kids, they date someone on the way to someone else, right? You don't have to feel bad when they don't, you know, you don't have to be like, oh, no, they're going to marry this girl and, um, you know, make it a point of drama. You know, sometimes it's the girl on the way to the girl right, or the, the boy on the way to the boy, and my husband and I both dated, we both were not raised in those, you know, there's this culture of homes where it's like, you only date who you will marry, or, you know, courting, there's this, con this culture of courting, you only court, no dating, there was a book when we were young called I Kiss Dating Goodbye, and so there was this whole culture, and, but no, we actually, we dated until we found each other at the ripe old age of 18. <laughs> Which is funny, because now nowadays it seems like things are so different. Anyways, I said all that to say I was proud that his parents had raised a boy who was already thinking about what kind of girl he should marry and what she would be. So Proverbs 31.10 says, Who can find a virtuous woman? I don't know if I'm reading this whole thing. Who can find a virtuous woman, for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. And you know, it would be easy nowadays for them to be, to, for people to go straight to um, fidelity. I don't think that's just talking about fidelity. Can he trust her to keep a home? Can he trust her with his children? Can he trust her with what he, she says about him? Can he trust her to pray for him? Um, the heart of a, her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. I've seen, I've seen, you know, I've seen some women do try very hard to do this for a man that was not loving and did not love the Lord. I've seen it, you know, all the ways. And I commend them for that. I don't know how well I would do with that. I commend them for that. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. So she's making sure that her family is well clothed, taken care of. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. That means she cares about what they're eating. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. Now, I can't say that I rise in the night to make our food. I've only done that once, one Sunday. I was like, this roast is going in because we are not eating out today. <laughs> I set my alarm, 5 a.m., I'm putting on the roast. Um, what I think this is talking about is, you know, we've learned this if we've learned about budgeting and money. We've learned if you want to save money, you need to plan meals, right? So I feel like this woman, she knows what she needs. She knows what they need. There's a plan. She knows what we're doing this week. Because, you know, it's expensive to just grab food. It is, Brother Pants. She considered a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands, she planted the vineyard. I feel like that goes back to that food preparation, the thinking, and the, the, the being aware. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengthened her arms. Now, I kind of feel like I would have looked this verse up, but I did think of Sister Pat. 
<laughs> and thought about the wellness. She is fit. She takes care of herself. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She, dis she stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She cares about people. I love to see people caring about people. I see this a lot here in this church. I see this a lot, and it does me good, and it's a good example to me. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. That means she's like my husband, and she has a whiteboard in the garage that says, so-and-so has a hat. This is in October or September. So-and-so has a hat. So-and-so needs boots. So-and-so needs a snowsuit. He really, we still got it, I think, in there, so I'm going to race. We've got a checklist. <laughs> Because we've learned, because I don't know if you were like me, I bet a lot of you were like me. You grew up and you wore the same snowsuit for about five years, if you had one. And it was really tight. <laughs> or your snow boots were so tight, but oh, it was cold. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen, and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. I'm not always the best at that one. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Isn't that the theme? She eateth not the bread of idleness, because she can't be all of these things if she's idle, right? Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. So there's been times I've wanted to tell some of the young men, look, she's pretty now. And she might be pretty in 20 years. She might. But sometimes pretty girl, I'm talking from experience, okay? I'm not saying I'm pretty. I was at a time. <laughs> pretty girls are being used to treat it a certain way. And sometimes that girl that may seem a little plain right now, she may be the best wife in 25 years. She might really get up and make you breakfast and iron your clothes and make sure your home is clean and be an excellent mother and an excellent grandmother. Um, it's amazing, I tell, you know, you tell kids all the time, look, what looks cool now is not cool in 20 years. Who seems cool at school right now? Look at Facebook in 20 years, you know, everything changes. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. That's what we want, isn't it? That's young men, that's what you want too. Um, this, when I was ha getting a little bit of inspiration a month ago, I was reading this book. It's actually for homeschool moms. It's called Teaching from Rest. And there were some excellent statements in there. And I, I don't even know where she said it in here, but she refers to this work of mothers as holy work. This is holy work that we do. And um, some of her statements were so she's talking about peace. 
Unshakable peace does not come from getting through a certain amount of material, obviously that sounds cool, over a specified amount of time, but it also doesn't come from throwing in the towel and giving in when things get hard. Peace comes from recognizing that our real task, this is what I want you to pay attention to, peace comes from recognizing that our real task is to wake up each day and get our marching orders from God. When we are diligent, even our mundane daily tasks can be offered up to God as gifts of love and sacrifice. And this really hit home with me, and I, you know, it's so easy for me. I know Sister Magda and I have talked about this. We read something, it falls right out of our head. And so I constantly reread books, and I've heard actually a statement, when you reread books, you're never the same person reading that book. So you're technically not rereading that book, you're never the same. So I reread a lot of books. And um, this, this one morning, I was making, you know, we do cinnamon rolls on Sunday mornings. And I got up early, and my sweet husband, he does not have to do this, but he will walk through and be like, oh, I'm just so thankful that you make us breakfast. And I'm not always nice when he says things like that. I'm like, you don't have to say that. It just, did you practice that? <laughs> it sounds practiced. Don't say it. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm making my cinnamon rolls, and he says that. I'm like, yeah, oh, poor me. And, but then I thought, I, this is holy work, what I am doing. I am doing this unto the Lord. I'm not just doing this to feed my children, but this that I do for them to the least of these, I am doing unto the Lord. This is worship. Heaven forbid I come here and lead worship. And at home, I am not leading in worship, right? And so when we are diligent, even our mundane daily tasks can be offered up to God as gifts of love and sacrifice. This is what I'm putting on the altar. When I do something for my family, I'm putting this on the altar, you know? Again, remember, I'm not just talking about moms that stay at home. I'm talking about everybody. When she doesn't understand, not that one, that's totally about homeschool. <laughs> in, f- in fact, unshakable peace is not tied to my success. It's tied to faithfulness. Am I faithful? Do I get up and do the thing? Right? Do I get my marching orders from God? I think there was one more. That's what I talked about last year. Oh, I got bookmarks, guys. See, that was my 60 seconds of preparation. My flags. Hold up. I'm glad these flags were good for something. <laughs> Come to me, Matthew 11:28. 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We are weary because we forget about grace. We act as though God's showing up is the miracle. But guess what? God's showing up is the given. Grace is the fact. Remember your true task. Surrender everything. Everything we do. Making breakfast. Packing the backpacks. Making beds. Doing the endless amounts of laundry. You know that's how your kids clean their room. They pick up all the clothes and they take it to the laundry basket. Surrender everything. Bring your loaves and your fish. So referring to that story in the Bible where the little boy had the loaves and the two fishes and God. 
even if you think them completely insufficient, and that's how I feel a lot, especially if you're on social media, you know, sometimes you feel like you're not the greatest. Even if you think them completely insufficient, they are insufficient. You are insufficient, but his grace is not. God is not limited by objective reality. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. So I just want to encourage you today, moms, and, and I prophesy all the young moms to come, <laughs> that, we, that you will feel empowered to do what it is that you are supposed to do. I love what my husband's been saying, and it's funny because we can totally see how people take it the wrong way when he says guide the home. Like, I kid you not, he didn't say this, but when we were sitting there in Italy, and he says it, and I can tell these ladies, like, huh? And the men are like, hmm. I was like, complete your thought, complete your thought, complete your thought. I was whispering to him, um, like, qualify, qualify. Yes, we are submitted to our husband. But women ought to feel empowered to guide their home. That is your domain. And I want you to feel empowered to do that. So... Thank you. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. Thank you. Wisdom. That's wisdom. The Lord brought back a memory. I just want to share it with you. Um, probably four or five years ago, something like that. Um, it was maybe three, less than that. We were, uh, we were going to do a, something like a United service, United weekend. And, um, we had, so quick, quick recap, Life Church, uh, congregations, which this is one of three, has a external board of trustees. Those are men that are not a part of Life Church but they help guide our bishop and our leadership team. We added a new one to it three or four years ago, uh, Brother Paul Sharp. And this weekend was a kind of a get to know him and him get to know us sort of weekend. And we were having a dinner, the other elders, bishop, myself, um, some of the wives and family were around the table. And Brother Sharp just said, I want to get to know you. You know, I'd, I'd like to get to know all of you the most we can, but, you know, he shared a lot of his background. Um, his personal story was such that he uh, was an atheist. I mean, there's finding God, and then there's an atheist finding God. And his father, I believe, was a big part of that as well in his upbringing. Not godly at all, but thankfully the Lord found him and changed him. And they're going around the table... And uh, most of you know at least a little bit of Bishop Schoonover's background with his uh, finding the Lord in his childhood and then early 20s and the, the work that the Lord did in him. Um, Elder Hart had, you know, some, some personal things in his background as his childhood took this turn and this turn. And thankfully, the Lord straightened that out for him as he was growing, and, and uh, at the time, it was Brother Nick Johnstone who, when he was born, his parents weren't in church, and he kind of got to, they're all growing 
and, and, and first generation is the term we use a lot of times. That means your parents weren't Pentecostal or apostolic. If they weren't, and it starts with you, then we say you're first generation. If, if they were, but their parents were, then you're second generation, right? Well, I mean, these guys have got some stories about miraculous hand of the Lord changing their life and finding them in despair. And you've heard Bishop talk about going to, I mean, you, you pick an, a bar that used to be here in Yakima 30 years ago, and he knows it <laughs> because he was there at it. And, and, and they've all got those very similar stories and, 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 and similar things that the Lord did for them. And, and I'm thinking, can I just leave? I don't belong here at this table. My parents weren't alcoholics. My parents weren't, you know, some people that didn't know God, and then they, wow, the Lord found them and picked them up and changed. No, but so what I shared was, you know, I appreciate, I, I don't make light of any of that. I'm thankful that the Lord has done all those works in all those lives. But I said, well, I'll tell you about me. And I'll tell you this, and this will probably tell you pretty much all you need to know about me to get to know me. My two grandmothers, my mom's mom and my dad's mom, growing up, to me, they were the picture of holiness and godliness. I didn't have to wonder what's God like, what's a Christian like, how's a person supposed to live, and uh, obviously, like my wife said, my parents raised me a certain way. But going back even that far, and they had examples in their life of godliness and, and everything. And I know that just that alone makes me weird, as even in this room. I don't know that many of you can say my, my grandparents were were on the straight and narrow and my parents were on the straight and narrow and they raised us that way and so I, that's why I say can I just leave because I don't belong here I don't have the testimony of Emmanuel Escobar <laughs> thank God yes I don't have the the stories and the backgrounds that many of you do but you know what Every single one of us is supposed to be becoming more like Christ. It doesn't matter what your parents were like or grandparents were like or what you are like or used to be like. You should be becoming more like Christ. I felt the Lord as I was thinking about this while my wife was talking in that story, even to say something as, you know, as far out as my grandmothers were this. You know, so many of us could think, well, good for elder. That's not me. That's not us. That won't be us. That's not. And I, I, and I felt the check in my spirit with the thought, that's not me. That's not my house. That's not my marriage, my husband. That's not 
And what I feel like the Lord would have us say today is, let it start with you. You be that example. You be that mother, grandmother, aunt, church member. You, there, why? Why could you not be that? Answer that question for me. Not, I'm not that, or I wasn't that, or I wasn't brought up that way. Let's all get to this same starting line and ask yourself, why can't you be that? Why can't you become that? The Lord told Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And right now, your wife can't even have a child. For, the, for Abraham to say, well, I don't know, that's not me. That's, you know, I think you're, you're at the wrong house. You're probably looking for my brother or my cousin or the, the one with the big family, right? They've already got a nice head start. And I, I am as far away from that promise as, as, as I could be. I feel this strongly in the Holy Ghost today. The Lord is saying to each one of us, you be that. You become that. I tell you what, it's 2023 and the, the, the way that the world is changing and has changed so much, it's really not going to matter if you had the godly grandparent or not. What is going to matter is, who are you and who are you raising? Who are you influencing? Who are you changing? That's what this world needs right now. It's what it's going to need more and more and more of. The way that the, the direction that this world is headed. They're not calling me up and saying... Oh, elder, you did have a holy grandmother, right? Okay, good. You understand? It, what it is is, what are you facing? What are you dealing with there? Because it's the same here, and evil is evil, and we're facing it everywhere, and <laughs> no, the kids don't want to get married anymore. And no, the young people don't act like they know right from wrong anymore. That's everywhere. And let's not make this all about the young people. They're upstairs. You're right here. Who are they learning from? Who are they observing on a daily basis? Me and you. I, I said this story a while back, but I, I can remember it plain as day. I was about 12, 13, 14, in that very impressionable uh, youth age. And there was a, a young man in church at the time. He couldn't have been more than 18. He was probably 17, 18, something like that. He, he wasn't really even a part of the church. He was brought by friends into the church. And he would, you know, he was trying to get right. But out of that whole, and I was in a, a large church, a lot of people. Uh, out of all those people, 
and my dad and my older brother and my older cousins and all these men that were there, I thought, no, I want to be like him. I want to, I want to drive the car he drives. I want to have the jump shot that he has. I want to get the girls like he does. I'm just being honest with you, okay? 13, 14-year-old Caleb sitting there more or less idolizing another man who was probably just four or five years older than me. Why? Why am I telling you this? Because this is human nature. Human nature says, I want to be like so-and-so. I'm so thankful when we, had our, when we had our first son, Callum, and it was sweet, still is to me back. He's not this way anymore so much, but when he was two and three and four years old, he wanted to be the little boy version of his grandpa, Bishop. And he would ask him, can you get me a hat like that? Do you have any more ties like that? Look at my shiny shoes. They're shiny like yours are. And you put, a, put him in a suit, and man, you better look out. Or just put a tie on him, or put Grandpa's hat on him. And all of a sudden, he's whew, big and strong. That's human nature to pattern yourself, to want to be like somebody. Now I feel, again, the Lord is telling us this today not because you need to get your idols right, but because you need to learn the Lord wants you to be the godly influence in your home, in your situation, in your family. Somebody needs to hear a word from God in your life. Who are they going to hear it from? Probably not me. Hopefully not the random preacher on TV that you turn on. Oh, you need to hear from God? All right, what time does that show start? All right, good. Let's sit here and watch this preacher for a little bit. Mm -mm. They need it from you. They need to see it in you. This is a challenge, I know. This is a challenge from the Lord for us. It's so much easier to say, well, yeah, I, I, I want to be like. Than it is to say, I want you to be like me. I want to be the one that you want to be like. Because then we're, we're jumping from just this theoretical, maybe someday I can attain that, to know somebody's watching my life. Somebody's listening to my words. What did it say in, in Proverbs 31? About the words in her mouth. She speaks with wisdom. You, you've probably heard this before. There was this song we, they taught me. I think I learned this in church. I don't remember where when I was a kid. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. 
Be careful, little mouth, what you say. You remember all those things? Well, the kids understand that, and they think, well, I got, I got to, uh, you know, if that doesn't sound right, I don't want to listen to it. If that doesn't look right, I don't want to see it. If that doesn't feel right, I don't want to experience that. But put, put that in the adult perspective for just a moment. I got to be careful what this mouth says because there are ears listening. I, I really need to be looking at my, my child or the young person that I'm influencing and say, be careful what you hear from me. And I need to be careful what I say because you're listening. Oh. I, you know what? I'm convinced this is why so many hardline preachers would love to just get up and talk about how bad other things are. Because that's easy. I could, I, I could give you a list right now that would change your life and say, go home and just don't allow this and this and this and this. Because they're bad, they're evil, and they're going to ruin your child. Oh, all right, well, the elder said it, so we're not going to allow it anymore. That's, that's easy. What's hard is to say, you figure out right and wrong and do right and don't do wrong. You can stand with me. I'm coming to a close. I want to read one, one passage. Psalms chapter 23. The Lord has been talking to me about this. And I, 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 I get a visual of it. I feel like he would just share this with us. Psalm 23 verse 1. You probably know or have heard a lot of this. The Lord is my shepherd. Everybody say shepherd. Say it again. Say Shepherd. Is the Lord your shepherd? You know what a shepherd does. Guides sheep. So, is the Lord your shepherd? If he's allowed to guide you, the answer is yes. If he's not allowed to guide you, the answer is no, no matter what you're reading on the screen or saying out loud. <laughs> That's like me saying, Bill Gates is my best friend. And whenever I need money, he just gives me some. Well, it's not true. I know it's not true. But it's like, what's the difference in that? And the Lord is my shepherd. Whenever I need direction, he just leads me. Is that true, really? Or are you just saying something because the Bible says it? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I see this now from the perspective of the sheep. The sheep is saying, there's nothing greater than a nice green pasture that my shepherd leads me to and just says, go ahead and lay down. Man, it's getting hot around here, right? And if you've got some dogs or pets, and you see them out, you see them laying in the shade, and you're like, oh, that looks nice. That looks comfortable. That's the visual I see here with the sheep that says, my Lord, my shepherd, leads me to a nice green pasture. And he just says, lay down. 
Don't worry about a thing. I got this taken care of. You just be the sheep in the pasture that I led you to. That's it. And then this phrase is what the, the Lord has not taken out of my spirit. He leadeth me beside still waters. He leadeth me beside still waters. You just picture in your head one of these rivers, the Yakima River around. It's usually not still, right? It's rushing. It's going fast. And you've, you've seen news. Somebody gets down in there and they're in trouble. That's, I, I wonder how many times that water is more like the water we're living next to. Rushing uncertain, unstable, unsteady. If I'm living near water that if I get in, I'm gone. I got to ask myself, who led me here? Because the Lord, my shepherd, leads me beside still waters. I'd like you to close your eyes and just pray if you would. Would you ask the Lord for direction in your life right now? God, in your name, I want to be led by you, Jesus. I want to be led by you, God, and have all the truth of your word as the markings in my life. God, I want my life to be evident of the shepherd leading me. God, I don't even know all the answers when there's a situation beyond my control, Lord, I want to put it in your hands and just say, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me in paths of righteousness. He leads me beside still waters. Yea, though I walk through a valley of shadows, a valley of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. He's leading me. He's guiding me. I'm going to open these altars, ask you to find a place to pray. Come on, I feel the Lord is here working right now. If you would allow Him to, He will lead you. Would you find a place to pray? Make the Lord your shepherd. Make the Lord your shepherd. God, I just want to be a sheep in your fold. God, I just want to be led by your spirit. I'm not looking at the valleys around me, God. I'm not looking at the signs of death, Lord, or the shadows. And I'm not going to fear that evil because I know you are with me. The rod and the staff, Lord, they comfort me. When I feel your encouragement, when I feel your direction, Lord, or even when I feel your correction, the rod and the staff, Lord, I want it to bring comfort to me. I don't want it to bring pain, Lord. I don't want it to bring hindrance, God, or cause a bad spirit to rise up in me. But I want it to be comfort. I want it to be comfort. Lead me, Lord.
for greater gain. He is alive inside of me. I lay down all this things for greater gain. He is alive inside of me. I lay down all this things for you took my place in divine exchange hallelujah grace is mine now I will live by faith for the one who saves he gave all Psalms 23 says, He restores my soul. He restores my soul. I'd like us to make this our prayer before we go. That no soul would leave here without restoration. Come on, if the Lord is your shepherd, He's not going to leave your soul in disarray. If He's your shepherd, He's not going to leave you tired and weary hurting and lost in the name of Jesus I pray Lord bring restoration restore the soul Lord God it's a work that only you can do Jesus it's a work that only you can do God Lord I pray you see these Lord you see us as your sheep in your pasture Lord and you know exactly what is needed God, you know the direction that is needed. You know the strength that is needed. The spiritual nourishment that is needed, God. I pray, restore these souls, Father. Restore these souls, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Come on, the Lord's your shepherd, and He wants to lead you. He wants to lead you down places 
that he's already determined. He knows what you need. He knows where you need to be. And he wants to lead you there. He wants to lead you there to a place of rest, to a place of restoration, a place of peace. Would you let the Lord minister his peace to you right now? Come on, some of you didn't even know that you needed it, but this is what you need right now. What the Lord is doing right now is exactly what you need. That's the way it works because he's the shepherd and he knows what his children need. He knows what his sheep need and he can meet that need in a moment. He can meet that need in a moment if you would allow him if you would allow him, come on, uh, receive the ministry that the Lord is doing right now. Come on, this is a supernatural transaction. It's not about the emotion or what you feel. But if you will receive, if you will receive right now in this moment, the Lord will bring peace. The Lord will bring peace to a raging situation. He'll speak stillness. He'll speak peace and calm into a life that is raging with storm. still waters I'm not talking naturally I'm talking spiritually because most of us have enough Holy Ghost and enough wisdom to know when we look at a situation there ain't nothing still about that there ain't nothing stable about that let the Lord lead you to beside still waters peace that passes understanding. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your spirit that's here today. Thank you for ministering to us, God, and giving us what we need. Thank you for knowing the need, Lord Jesus, and meeting this need today. Lord, I pray, continue to be our shepherd and lead us. Continue to be the one that leads us, Lord, down the path that you have for us. We receive it today in Jesus' name. 
We receive your instruction today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.